Hello and welcome to Only Human. Join us as we discuss topics of relationships, family, friends, and society in today's racially charged America as seen through our lenses as a married interracial couple. Hi Pam. Hello. How are you? You know, I feel a little bit, I don't know, this world a little bit drained. How are you? Uh, yeah, me too. But I think it's more to do with the weather than than anything else right now. So no, I well, it could be it could be partly that it is a bit nippy out there. But I don't know. It's a week to go, and where in my heart I do feel that I do feel that Biden will win. I just have this gut feeling that he will. There's a part of me that's like. It, he has to, because I mean, if he doesn't, this world is getting ready to go even worse into a free fall of what it is already. And, and what you're talking about is the 2020 presidential elections that's coming up in uh, yeah. about a week, well, a week from tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. as we as we record today is the 26th, I think, and um, a week from tomorrow or, or the 2020. I, you know, what I feel like is, and we both listen to. Uh, that daily podcast that talked about the electoral vote. And after listening to that, I know I feel a little, I don't know, bummed a little bit about the fact that, you know, it basically, what we learned was is that in states that where we live, uh, our vote for the national level for president really isn't going to make a whole lot of difference the way that it's set up with the electoral votes, unless you live in one of the, swing states or battle states like California, New York, Pennsylvania, uh, Texas, those places uh, where they have a lot of electoral votes, which is based on uh, the population of the state and how it's, uh, you know, that's uh, basically that's how that works. So, you know, kind of what they were saying, what was it? Hillary Clinton won by 3 million in the popular vote last year Mm -hmm. or the last election and still lost the electoral vote because of the battlefield states like Pennsylvania that Trump won. Right. So it kind of makes, I don't know, it kind of makes me feel like, man, you know, it, it really makes you wonder, you know, how that's going to all play out. Because, you know, if she got three million more votes and still lost. Um, but I think that it's set up in a way, though, that I think, yes, the battleground states are the ones that, in a way, decide the election to an extent. Right. But if a lot of people vote, because the problem was last time round, from what I gather, is not as many people voted as already voted now. Right. And if there's an overwhelming amount of people that vote, then the electoral college, I guess, in that state, it has to turn out for the popular vote in that state. Something right. along those lines. Well, so the aim still is to get a lot of people to vote, but I get what you're saying is, or I'm, is what you're saying really is that the, your vote, even though yes, it is a slice of the pie, it's not as big a slice as you thought it was all along. Right on the national level. Now mm. it's still really important at the local level, and and we just got something in the mail uh, that I noticed when I came home from work that, you know, just was a positive towards that again to, to reinforce that is that you know there's always uh the local elections mm. the city and state that are really important and there's stuff right now um that and on this ballot there's a proposition one and three that had to do with term limits for state senators and house representatives has to do with 
campaign refinance reform and things of that nature. What about the Senate? Because now I realize, and I'm sure a lot of people now realize just how important that Senate vote is. Yeah, well, there's a federal level mm. and there's a state level. You have a state Senate and then you have the, the federal Senate, mm. which is in Washington, D.C., of course. You know, so, yeah, there are, you know, whenever there's a presidential election, there's also senators, House representatives. So when you go vote, you know, my, my question is then when you go vote, right. is that on your ballot too? Right. If, to, if they're okay. up for election, then, yeah, the, the, the senators, either the U.S. senators— and the U.S. representatives for the House representatives will be there, and in your local stuff, like for the state of mm. Missouri. So, it, you know, and it's really important, you know, for a lot of the things that you deal with in everyday life. It's your state that has everything to do with what's going on. It's not so much the federal level, you know, your taxes, your state taxes, mm. your um, the amount that you're paying uh, for your county taxes that go towards your schools that you you know, for the area that you live in. Um, all of that is done on the state and um, county levels. So it's important that, you know, you get people into those positions that are that you want. That has a lot more to do with our everyday life than stuff that happens on the national level. Right. So it's important to, to keep track of that. And, and that's something that I need to definitely you know, bone up on between now and a week from now is to make sure I know which side I'm on, on these, these different propositions and different amendments and stuff that come up. Uh, you know, so I know how to vote for that. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, this is, that's an important thing. So one thing I know that we've talked about that, that has been a concern of yours, um, is the, this whole issue of, uh, the support that, the Trump campaign is getting, especially from minority uh, groups of people, whether it be uh, the African American or the Hispanics, uh, it seems like there's a lot of people who are, uh, you know, in his camp that necessarily you wouldn't think that it would be like that. Yeah, I just it. You know, it just baffles me, I guess. And I, I kind of understand what Biden meant when he made that miscellaneous comment. I think he was being interviewed by an African-American host of a show. I, I, I can't remember what the show was, but I remember those people that were upset because he made a comment about, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black or something along those lines. And I kind of see what he was trying to say. He just didn't articulate it the right way, that nobody's perfect, you know? I think he was basically trying to say that, you know, this administration currently is very racist. I'm not a racist person. So, I mean, if you are worried about issues that pertain to being discriminated against because of your color, you would probably want to be voting for me. I can't understand why you wouldn't vote for me enough in other words, you know, and I kind of, I kind of understand that too. And, and wonder why it's to me so baffling how you, you will get prominent, um, African-American men or ice cube was one of them. And he's outwardly voting and showing his support. And I'm like, it, 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 it I wonder why, like, I'm so confused as to why. And so 
but we listened to one of the shows on the daily and that's when it started to hit home for me. And I thought, you know what? Because I said to myself, it can't obviously be about race for them because if it was about race, then somebody who is a person of color would not be voting for the current administration. So what is it then? It sounds like there's something in another level that Trump has found a way to connect with with people, connect to people of color. And so it's it's almost as if maybe it's the brand of him that's about money and about you can have the dream too, you can have the wealth, you can live the life and be an American. That's the two things that maybe that I've come up with because that's what you see a lot of now and even at the rallies and when people are flying the American flag, you have to wonder now because that's where he's, he's, he's branded it, you know? Right. Well, I think that one of the things that, that I took from um, that one uh, podcast that we listened to, the one daily, hmm. was the, the Hispanic vote in Arizona, why there was such a following for Trump there is because a lot of the Hispanic men especially look at Trump as that he's been successful. Right. Because he worked hard and he's successful, and that's the way they're looking at it. You know, I'm looking, I'm working to get my mansion on the hill. Mm. You know, and they see him as that's my model of what I want to be. Mm. You know, I want to work hard. I want to get to that point. It's about the American dream. It's about working hard and doing the best that you can, and and that the sky's the limit. And that's a message I think that he. We'll put the episode up when we when we post it. Yeah, that so he, that you have. I think that's the that's the message. That's the message that he brings out. That I think that that a lot of people see that, and, and yeah, they're like, well, yeah, I want I want a shot at that for myself too. But I guess what I as I find it hard to understand is how is it that you can't or people can't see that you're just being used? If do you honestly think that they care? Actions speak louder than words. And they have shown through actions racist behaviors. Why would you think that they're honestly going to care about what you are facing? They need your vote to stay in power, right. which is what's important for them. Well, and I guess making money so they can pay off some debts. <laughs> right. Well, you know, we've, We've had this discussion before, and I have, a, a, I guess it's a very jaded view of politics in general. I feel like that the majority of them, they, regardless if they, what their intention are, when they first get in the office, when they're running for office, once they're there, the power and, and the money that comes with it is so seductive. Yeah, I don't dispute that. That it pulls them into that that good old boy cast mm. where they are, hey, yeah, we need the voters. We need people to vote for us so we can maintain this lifestyle. But it sure is nice, the money and the power and, you know, uh, all the perks that come with these offices. And that I I think it all comes down to it's the, it's the power. I don't think but that don't many... you Don't you think, though, that some people go into it at least with... I mean, I'd like to think that. I think some people, yeah, they go into it for the wrong reasons. I think some people maybe go into it for the right reasons and then are corrupted. And then some people are in it for the right reasons and are really trying to do good. I I think that there are people who do have uh, noble thoughts when they go. I just think that it's, it's, 
you know, what does it say? Uh, you know, absolute power corrupts yes. absolutely. Mm. You know, that you get into those. That's why I think it's so important that, you know, there you, well, you could say a lot of things the way that, about how our entire system of government and how votes are done and everything, how it all started. Yeah, it started a group of white, wealthy landowners that were the founding fathers. They set it up where, in the beginning, to vote, you had to be 21 years of age or older and own land yeah, and right. be a white male. Mm. You couldn't be female. You couldn't be of any color and vote at those times. And and so, you know, but I do think, you know, that for all the faults that were there, there was a good idea that started, and it was giving people an opportunity to have representation uh, in local and and state government and then eventually into the federal stuff. But I think that it, the power gets in there and messes with people. Originally, it was made up where, you know, a person would, would work in the private sector and do their bit, and then it was like, okay, I'm going to take two years or four years off, depending on the, what are the offices, and go and, you know, serve my country, and then when it's over, I'm out, yeah. and I'm going to go back into the I think there need to be sector. terms. There needs to be limits. Sure. Lim I think if there's terms and certain limits, I think that it's going to force people to get in, do as much as good as they can do, if that's their intention, before, because when when you have, because then there's no accountability. Then if you can stay forever, sure. Then you have got some people who are going to try and do their best, and you got some people who are saying, "Eh." You know, you have. I, I don't have to. You have like Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. Those as one Republican, one Democrat. They're career politicians. You know why? Why should there be some? You know, okay, I'm in my 30s or 40s or whatever. I get elected in office, and then I'm just not going to stop until I die. I I may hold office for 40 years. Well, the Supreme, this is the kind of thing say the Supreme Court. There, right, th that right there, I think that there needs to be an evaluation of terms. I don't understand how somebody could or people could be appointed for life. And the thing is, I think when it, when the system was first um, initiated, there was maybe an honor system around that zeitgeist. It was like maybe the honorable thing, like to have it fair where they have it nine and split and there's someone's the even vote and not, and how it goes that way. But I mean, the current zeitgeist where you can't trust many people and many people have their own interests at heart as it's playing out and we're seeing. I mean, it's crazy. Right. Because then they, they can decide for the greater good for, for us. That's the part that bothers me the most out of, out of this. Well, you know, the, the way that it's supposed to be set up is you have the three different branches of the federal government. You've got the, the judicial, yeah. judicial, which is the, the court system, and the executive, the White House. Yeah. And then you've got the legislative, which is the House of Representatives and the Senate. Senate, right. And what it's supposed to be set up as is that no one branch has power over the other two. So, but yet the way that it's set up is the president can veto laws if he doesn't like it or, or if it comes to a point where there's a woman she doesn't like it, you can veto it. And the president also has the executive order power now. 
And the last couple of presidents that we've had have been crazy about these executive orders. They sign stuff in all the time. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, but you know, it's, it's to the point where. I think it's safe to say that the current president has been the one, and that's a fact, who well, signed he, he the most. He has used a lot, but it has been something that has been used more and more in the last 10, 15, 20 years. You see, is if a president doesn't get what they want out of Congress, they can just sign it and go on. So there's, you know, it. I don't think that the checks and balances are working out the way that they need to. They're, it's a skewed system now. Uh, but anyway, getting back to, um, you know, why certain people are, are uh, you know, either siding with, with the Trump administration or siding with the Biden uh, campaign, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, for whatever reason, there's something with the message that, that, that the President Trump is giving out that people are just buying into. And you can see the man can say anything he wants, and it doesn't seem to, to, to affect his followers at all, which is kind of scary when you see that people just, you know, it's almost like a sheep mentality. He's, he's a Spengali figure. He's, he can, that's the thing with him. And it's really sad because he's obviously very negative, but he has a gift. He's very gifted in motivating people and getting them to do certain things. Think of what he could do if he was a positive person, because people become captivated and then just follow. It's almost as if they are brainwashed, which is somebody who Svengali can literally mesmerize you to a point where they control you. And he's done that it, to people around him. Right. Respectable people at one point are saying certain things that I can't wait maybe till they become conscious at some point. And they look back and they think they're going to think to themselves, was that me? Did I really say that? Did I really believe that? Because it's like they're not thinking right now. They just they're just acting. Yeah, well, that's something that I've thought about a lot of times is, you know, how how people, you know, and I have a real problem with this is just blindly leading or blindly following somebody just because they're leading. Uh, you know, it you have to use your brain occasionally. You know, you have to think because there's no one who's infallible. There's no mm -hmm. one who has all the answers. There's mm -hmm. no one who's perfect. And you put somebody on the pedestal and think, oh, this is this is my man or this is my woman. They're going to lead me where I want to go. Be careful. Mm -hmm. You don't know where they're going to lead you. Where you end up, you may not like the, the destination all that well. But I think, too, I think a person is, if a person's grounded in their values and their beliefs, a decent system, they're never going to, they're not going to, who are they going to follow? They're not going to follow anyone because they've got their own internal compass to right. navigate the world. I think when people are lost, and I think that's what's happening, there's a lot of people he's showing us, and in a way he's a teacher. I've said it before, but I really do feel like he's showing us who we want to be and who we don't want to be. Right. And when people are lost, which is showing there's a lot of people who are lost in this world right now, you're going to just follow blindly. Well, there have been, what, what was the word you're using? 
Sven Sven Gali. Sven Gali. Yeah, it's S V E N G A L I. So basically, I'm guessing it's just that it's a person who has the ability to to lead others regardless of what their message may be. Is that kind of what? Yeah, it is? they they like they mesmerize and captivate so people. So like and they, they, Charles they like, Manson. Yeah. Yeah. You could say and he was Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, they, the, the history is. They're controlling. They can control people. That, that you know, uh, in this country and other countries, all through history, you've had you've had people. You're, you're Napoleon, and um, you know, I, people will just follow mm. a person who's in a in a place of power. And sometimes they they fall out of it. You know, the, the, that person will lead them to a point where they're like, ah, I'm not buying it anymore. But a lot of people. Keep going, you know. Especially you look at these people that are that run cults and stuff. I look at a lot of that and think about, wow, that's about what the political system's like. You know, this Branch Davidians, the, the that were down in uh, Waco mm -hmm. in the nineties. You know, those people followed that guy all the way up to the point where they were being burned to death in that compound. The those nut cases in California a few years ago that thought the Haley Bot comet was going to come and take them away and transcend them mm -hmm. into. You know, I don't know, little green men from Mars or something. I'm not sure what that end goal was, but they all drink the Kool Aid just like the Jonestown and with that's Jim what I Jones think. I think if a person's that, lost, yeah, that's the common denominator that I can see from these stories because each one that you listen to, and you, and even after you listen to survivors who've come after the fact, at this point now they've realized, gosh, I was just in a different place. And it's, you could tell it's like they have a belief system now. They have values. They they're not lost. It, those are the vulnerable people. So, but that's what the thing is. Look at all the people out there who are vulnerable and lost in that right. they're following that's blindly. Well, I mean, the mask thing is just the dumbest. I, that to me is I I can't even com that's I honestly. And that's become highly politicized. Jeez. Completely politicized. Uh, you know. It's it's a, with that it's you look at two different things. It's like it you know if you wear one, it's proven that it will help reduce the spread of disease. Whether it's the the COVID or whether it's the rhinovirus or if it's a bacteria, whatever it is, it will help reduce the spread of disease. It's mm. proven. If not, why do doctors wear them? Why <laughs> you know doctors aren't wearing masks because they look good at fashion them. accessory. Yeah. It's because they're trying to make sure that they don't give you anything that they may be carrying right. while you're being operated on. Okay, well, it only makes sense that if I wear one, it's going to keep me from giving you anything that I may have. But it's become a political thing, and oh, I'm not wearing one, whatever. You know, okay, well. It's tied to strength. Yeah. Oh, because you're so cool and strength because you don't wear a mask. Right. That's actually and weakness if you we don't. see... <laughs> What happens when you don't? I mean, the White House, what was it, 35 different people at last count that they talked about? I don't know if you know this, but Pence's office, there's five people. Because they're talking about, he's still campaigning. And they called him an essential worker because he needs to be out there. Right, right. That's this justification for the five people today who've come down, one of them, his assistant, who's right. always by him. Who's come down with it? Well, it, you know, we'll never really know. 
because they're not going to let it out. Maybe somebody, somebody will write a book about he, it or he something. He ain't going to say. Yeah, and, and it'll be like, oh, yeah, here's really how widespread everything <laughs> yeah, no. had gotten. And, uh, you know, so I don't know. But, you know, everybody wants to, you know, that got really politicized. I, I wanted to talk about something real quick because I thought we've talked about this, and I, I find it very uh, interesting. Mm -hmm. The face of the Republican Party, how it has changed through the years. You know, it's the it's one of the nicknames for it is the GOP, the Grand Old Party. That's what it stands. Oh, that's for. what it stands yeah. for. Okay, I didn't and that the Grand that. Old Party, what I can remember, like the Reagan years uh, in the early '80s through the mid '80s, the Reagan Republicans and the Trump Republicans are completely different people. And another one of his gift branding. Yeah. The brands completely change. I'm like, you can just see from yeah. the TV and the rallies. And the the had Hillary Clinton referred to them as the deplorables, <laughs> uh, which I think is one of the things that hurt her. Was I know, think so too. You can't just you call, can't out, call people. Well, when you call it an entire group of people, something mm. that's racist, right? You know, isn't that what that would be, or or a class warfare? I, I, maybe discriminatory. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean. It's like saying that, you know, all blacks are criminals. That's a racist statement. All yeah. Hispanics are, you know, uh, hauling drugs across the border. That's a racist thing. Maybe she shouldn't have used these, the word deplorables. These, yeah, and all for these sure. people who are, who are following him are deplorable. So I think you got to be careful because yeah. any of those statements are inflammatory. And it's going to make you look bad if you say something like that. And if you believe something like that, it well, really is going to make it hard. But I think that's where he found the connection because it was like, look at what they're saying about you, oh, but, yeah. but I see you. Oh yeah. I have, no I doubt. see you because and, and you want to be rich like me, follow me. I'll teach you. I'll show you those how deplorables Gosh. and the unwashed masses and the uneducated people, you know, you can mm. call them whatever you want to call them. They're just working people. Mm. What it comes down to is this working class, which is where mm. the Democrats have had a problem because they used to That's be known as the, mm. the working people's party and it's not seen like that anymore and that's why they're really concerned with pennsylvania because there's a high blue collar population in in uh, pennsylvania and trump won it last time which yeah but is, he didn't win it by much but it's always been democratic state mm -hmm. and it then it turned mm -hmm. and went republican last time and it's one of those battlefield states and that's what got him the election last time so you know they're concerned that even though you know biden is from pennsylvania it's where he was born, and that's where he was a senator from Pennsylvania and all that kind of stuff. They're concerned with his following because that party has lost you know, their the, way as far as the political party of the working person. you know. And it's odd to see the Republican Party be looked at as the working person's yeah. party because that's never been anything that they've you know, projected. That's what I thought. And, you know, one of the big things that the, the Republican Party likes to do is like the, they like to promote the right to work in different states. Uh, that that makes unions go away and, mm. you know, higher paying jobs and better benefits and all those kind of things. See? Um, it, but yet, even with that fact, there's a lot of working people who... I just can't understand it. It, I, I mean, I, but to me as well, the whole thing with, because 
it, it baffled me so much. I just had to do my own investigating and right. digging to figure out why people would side. We, we, essentially, that's what they're doing with somebody who has these views against them. Really, right? The view that oh, if you like me, then yeah, you're I'm your friend. But if you don't, eh, I, I couldn't care less about you. You're still following somebody like this. To me, it's like I just didn't understand it. But selling that the American people are well let me rephrase that obviously i'm not american i've lived here for 20 years um i consider this in my adopted home you're more american than you think you are whatever I, i'm always gonna have that british element that's something that i'm never gonna get rid of but obviously i i would say 50 50 honestly now i didn't know that brooklyn was considered british but <sighs> whatever <yeah. dude. laughs> but anyway as I, what i was getting at is I view America as a melting pot, right. a great land made up of people generations back who have come from somewhere else to land here and make a better life for themselves. Right. The native Americans are the original Americans here. Everybody then has come from somewhere. There were people who were forced to come here through slavery, right. sadly, and then made america their home right. there's people who have emigrated here just like i did just come right. make america so it is a land of people coming together and uniting and making it as one so this whole mentality of yeah america get the f out it's like who are you talking about that to? Because you may have been born here, but your ancestors if, from somewhere came from somewhere too. Yeah, if, it's, you're, if you're of the Caucasian race, whether it's, it's Northern just, European or Eastern European, if you are of the Caucasian persuasion, mm. more than likely, as I believe it was in the movie Stripes, Bill Murray said, you know, we're a group of people who were kicked out of every decent country <laughs> in the world. And that's true. Because the early settlement of this country was all because they were people that no one else wanted. Right. We were the rejects, the cast-offs. And, you know, so, you know, like so, you say, we all come from somewhere. Yeah. Whether it was by hook or crook, we all ended up here. And so, we are a melting pot. Yeah. We are an a country of immigrants. And, you know, it that's always been something that this country has has used as a sense of pride yeah. of how people work so hard to get here. Exactly. And then they got here and then they went after that American dream. That's the, uh, to me, that's the identity of America. Right. But, and there's some people who are born here who understand that's the identity of America, but now there's a whole hub of people that don't get that. Right. They see it as, yeah, this is our country. Get out. That's not what makes this country great. What makes this country great is people coming here right. and achieving something. Right. I mean, obviously, you, you want to get the best and the brightest, but, you know, you also are going to get, you know, the not the best and the brightest that come, you know. Right. And, and I think a lot of people who have that, that attitude about love, you know, this is America, you get out or whatever, a lot of those people... I think a lot of their their mindset sits around the fact that there have been times that countries have used us as a way to get rid of their less than desirable people. It, it's happened. Yeah, but uh, none so like it did with 
Britain and Australia, and exactly. look how Australia's Australia thriving. Australia was a penal colony. No, but still, look at but yeah. look oh, at I, how I so it can change. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a selfish view that yeah. people will have then, because oh, well, I, whether I they know. like it or not, this is a melting pot. Absolutely. That's what this country was there's, founded on. There's no one that you pass on the street day to day that can say, "Oh yeah, my family's from here." Well, no, you may have lived here for generations, but what is it that uh, the, this, the thing that can do the genetic testing or whatever you send them in, like a saliva oh, sample or right. whatever. I, I can't, forget what they call it. I can't it. remember what the name of the company is, but uh, but there's a lot of people who do that genealogy stuff. They mm. test to see where their families are from or whatever. There are very few people who are going to take that test and it's going to say, oh, you're from the Americas. Right. Unless you're a Native American. <laughs> right. Because it's going to come out that you either were from Africa or you were from Europe or you were from Asia. Right. And that you migrated over here. So we are all together. We are Americans together. Yeah. You know, so. That's uh, what needs to vanish. The, the, this idea that we're divided because we're not divided. And I think that's what's ultimately going to be the best for the country is having this understanding is that. There's no separatism. We, we, we're united. Whether we know it or not, we're all connected. Uh, I think that, that right now, there's such a division mm. in this country. It's a chasm. Uh, you know, yeah, it is. And it's, it, it's split between political lines. It's split in race, racial lines. Mm. It's split in caste, with mm -hmm. economic caste. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are dividing this country up. And, you know, there have been a few times where you'll see everybody come together. And you, you don't see anything as strong as when this country comes together. Yeah. Like, when we do come together, we are such a diverse crowd. Mm -hmm. such a diverse group. But when we come together, we're so strong. We are so strong that it makes other nations shake. Shake, when yeah. We, when, you know, when, when they, other happened, nations, they want to see this. Yeah. They want when to see this. 9-11 happened, man, I'm Not telling awesome. you, at mm. that point, you know, this country, it was like, we felt like we could all just run through brick walls at yeah, that point. And, you know, since then, and the, in the last 19 years since then, there's been a lot of things that have happened to chip and chip and chip away to the point where it's, you know, the different media are pitting each other against each other. You've got groups that are pitting each other. The political affiliations are pitting people against each other. It's just crazy. It is. So regardless of whoever wins in this election, we've got to come together. That's the thing. I, and I think the only way that's going to happen is if people understand, I guess, what is the common goal. Right sifting out all the noise because that's what a lot of this stuff is a diversion to take people away from what's really happening right and obviously people certain people want to be in power and there's going to just put little fires and diversions out there to negate what's really going on but the common goal is to get america i would think back to a state of unity and the only way to do that is to have somebody at the helm who wants that too and it's not sowing division yeah we need we need people in places of, of power and places of persuasion mm -hmm. that are pushing 
the agenda of unity. Yeah. That we are better together than we are apart. Right. Because the enemy is this virus. Yeah. This virus is yeah. running rampant now. Right. And and yeah, exactly. And people, you know, you get you have just like everything else. There's two camps. One camp that says it's not any harder on you than the regular flu. It's going to be okay. The thing's going to disappear. The other side is saying, look, you got to lock down. You got to do all these different things to keep it from happening. And and the thing is, is that the truth is in there. You just have to look at it. You you, you don't want to live in fear right. and, and never sense. leave your house. But you just need to be cautious about what you do. Don't get into giant groups of people. Don't, you know, until this thing gets snuffed out. There's just common sense things to do. doesn't mean that you have to stop living. It just means maybe the way you're living, you have to alter some things for right now. So, you know, I don't know. I, I hope that at some point, you know, some, some kind of a consistence, a, a unity, something, common I sense, whatever. I think it whatever. will. It'll just, it's going to... Well, starting hopefully with next week, that could be the start, but there's going to be a lot of mending because obviously it does show that a real quick point before we have to go that whoever's at the helm, what they say matters. And you know this for a fact now because there's certain people who don't wear a mask because they're told not to. Right. To so, I mean, obviously. Or they're shown not to. Or, or, right. They're told and they're shown not to do it. Right. Right. But. That's because. You know, there's these wonderful drugs out there. They're miraculous drugs. They're miracle drug, and everybody has access to them, right? Mm. You get this stuff. You're gonna all. Everybody's gonna be able to get the same kind of medication that someone who has all the power and wealth can get. <laughs> yeah, we all buy that, right? Because we know that's exactly how it works. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like when you think about it logically. Yes, you come to that conclusion that yeah, most of us are not gonna get that little cocktail. Of goodies. 225,000 so like, people haven't it. got it. My gosh. So you hopefully know. the common goal will prevail. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, let's hope so. Hey, real quick before we go, mm -hmm. I just wanted to say, I know you've been really busy. And I'm just going to toot your horn for you. You've oh been gosh. really, really busy. <laughs> you've built a website from scratch again. This is the second one, right? You've done? Third. Third. Okay, so the third website that you've done... Uh, did you have any training in this? Did you do this in school or anything? No. No, you, you taught yourself to do this, which is awesome. You're, you've got a, a, a new things that you're getting ready to launch with. What, what, do you have an idea when this is all going to happen? Hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Okay, but, so um, here pretty soon we're going to have a website. and yeah, I, have, I mean, it's Seven Hearts Centered Wellness. I'm going into life coaching, so I'll be right. a go-getter life coach. Right, but it hasn't launched yet. It hasn't so launched that, yet. You know, the website, you can pull it up, I guess, mm -hmm. but there's nothing going on with it yet. Yeah. It, there hasn't been a launch date I'll set. It. But, but you've been really, really busy with that. Yes. Getting everything set. You're, you're doing... Uh, My certifications for it. Yeah. And, and you're setting up, you're going to be doing blogs and what do they call them? Video blogs. Yeah. And, and you're actually going to shoot actual, like, YouTube content. Yes. Uh, videos. Yep. Yeah. So you've you got a lot going on have a lot going on and then somehow we need to try to stay on track with this thing so that we can put it all together and let it feed off of each other right yes we will yep, do that we do need to do that and i'm going to do my part so i'll figure it out thank you yes 
So anyway, I guess that's it for now. We tried to stay around our 30 minutes. We're running a little long, but that's, uh, you know, I get talking and there you go. So <laughs> That's all right. Um, so anyway, get out and vote, right? Yep. So uh, just want to tell you, thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. I'm at uh, Bruce underscore A. Williams and Pam as at Pamela 7 Williams. This podcast is supported by us, but we'd love to get your support too. So subscribe, give us a review and help us bring our message to humanity. Have a wonderful week and good luck. Yep, absolutely. Push that little subscribe button. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Vote. Bye. Bye. Yeah, vote.